Barbecue is a funny thing. You know, it's like a relationship. You have relationships with people. You have relationships with your barbecue buddies. You even have a relationship with your pit. Well, believe it or not, you actually do. And today, we're going to teach you how to get to first base with your stick burner. You're listening to the Barbecue Culture Podcast. Hey, good morning, everybody. Hope you're doing well. Going to have a fun episode today. I'm here at the office here at the house doing this today, and it might be a little bit echoey. I don't know. I'm still learning this whole sound uh, adjustment thing. But uh, yeah, that's true that barbecue is a relationship. And you know, through throughout our journey as pitmasters, you know, we form a lot of relationships. We have relationships with uh, maybe our buddies on the competition team. You know, you have your family, of course. You have uh, other teammates or other teams and, and uh, you know, guys you go hang out and cook with, you know, whatever. But the thing is, is that you should really treat your relationship with your pit the same way. I mean, you should get to know it. You should – that's how you master it is, is you spend tons of time operating the pit and, uh, you know, trying different things and and seeing what makes it run the best. And, uh, you know, we never really think about operate, you know, what it takes to operate the pit until it's already lit and running and all that stuff. And, and we think we just got to get a fire going and, and everything will just take care of it from there. But actually the startup part of your, uh, pit is the most important part of all. If you put too much fuel in or uh, your coal bed's too big or your coal bed's too small, that can have an effect on on the entire cook. You won't know that your coal bed's too small until you get all the way down about 30 or 45 minutes later and all the coals are gone and you've got wood in there, but the wood won't stay lit now. So, you know, we're going to try to, I'm going to teach you what it takes to get to know your pit for the first time. Maybe you've cooked on it for a long time, a lot of years, whatever, but we're going to start over. So first of all, we want to identify something. We, we want to identify the result so that, we can, so that we can plan how to get there. And in this case, what we're looking for is we want an even cooking temperature in our pit, let's say, and we want thin blue smoke. Now we know we're going to cook a brisket, let's say, and the brisket is going to, we're wanting to cook it low and slow, and we want to cook it about 225 to 240. So you can literally just like program that in somewhere. Just write that down. That's a great place to start because if you can run your pit at a low temp and you can maintain temps, then you can definitely do it at higher temps whenever you want to try to go hot and fast or change your cooking style up. So the first thing I recommend is we're going to start with getting our fuel size, our, our coal bed and everything, the right size. So if you have a stick burner, the first thing you should have inside the stick burner is, you know, you got your air inlets where the air come in. And you're going to want to have some kind of a log rack sitting above the air inlets. If this is not true, then you're going to struggle. If your air comes in above or equal to the the surface that all the coal bed and the wood and everything's sitting on burning, then you're not going to get all the air to go through the coal bed. The first thing we want to do is control air. 
So what we're going to do, if you don't have that uh, situation, you might look around, get you a few bricks or something, um, get some kind of a expanded metal sheet from Lowe's, just anything you can get that's handy, and you're going to prop it up on top of something. Usually, you know, if you don't have a fabricated log rack in your pit, bricks will do fine. And you're just going to prop that expanded metal sheet on there. Now, what that's going to accomplish is it's going to get our cooking grate up off the bottom. And at bare minimum, it's going to keep the ash from building up and blocking up underneath of where our coals are burning so that we can get airflow under that. The next thing we're going to do is we're going to get a charcoal chimney. I prefer like a Weber charcoal chimney. It's the 14-inch one or something, $14 one, I think. Not 14-inch, $14 one. Um, you know, that's a, that's a really nice sized charcoal chimney and, uh, they, they last really well. And so what I'm going to do is I'm going to fill that charcoal chimney up with, you know, the, the most even sized lump, or I'm going to get briquettes and I'm going to fill that charcoal chimney up slightly heaping. And my preferred way to light that chimney is over a gas burner, like a fish fryer. It's easiest. If you don't have that, charcoal chimneys are designed to where you can wad up a chunk of newspaper and you can set that up underneath of that charcoal chimney and put it on like your Weber kettle or something like that where it's not going to get out in the grass and catch on fire and light the newspaper. And this is where we learn about the chimney effect. So whenever you have a warm air mass that's that's low and you want and, and you light that newspaper, whatever, and it heats the air, and it's a warm air mass, and it's down below, it's going to want to rise. As, it, as the air mass heats up, it's going to expand and, get, and uh, get less dense, and so the air mass is going to go upward. The chimney, that's why we call it a chimney, the charcoal chimney, is because it's going to channel that warm air through a tube that's going to go straight up, which is going to cause us to suck more air from underneath as the warm air mass goes up. So it's going to cause that chimney to light from the bottom all the way to the top. Now you know that the charcoal chimney is is uh, ready whenever it's got like a salt and pepper kind of a color on top. Like the you don't want it to just keep burning until the entire charcoal chimney is like gray or white. Because then you get the bottom, the charcoal at the bottom is pretty much like cooked. It's going to fall through and turn to ash. So getting it at the right place, uh, the right the right doneness, let's say, is key. So we get it to be about that white salt and pepper color. And we're going to take it over inside of our firebox. And whatever means you can safely do it, dump the charcoal in there on top of that log rack we're going to call it when that charcoal is sitting on top of that log rack the next thing we're going to do is grab two splits of wood the the easiest one to use to practice with in my opinion is going to be oak because like you know post oak or if you if you can get like white oak is is probably okay too but post oak is what i prefer red oak um, works good too but red oak is going to have a bit more moisture in it and it's going to it's going to take a little bit more patience, but we're looking for a good seasoned, consistent wood to use to practice with. And those splits, when I say a split, I'm saying fist sized. So if you make a fist and look at the side of your fist, and then you take that over and look at a split of wood, it should be about the same diameter as your fist. And then it should be about, you know, I like to start something consistent between 12 and 16 inches long if your firebox can fit it 
If not, you'll have to use smaller or larger. So take two of those splits and set it dead center right on top of that charcoal, that bed of charcoal. Now, this is, this is an important step that's coming next. With you, you, wanna, you want to pay attention to consistency here. So we're going to put those splits on top, and we're going to close the firebox door to what I call prop. Now, prop means that that firebox door is going to be open about, you know, an inch, maybe two inches. But then our air inlet is going to be completely open, and our smokestack is going to be completely open. And one last thing, I prefer for about five minutes to have the cook chamber doors open. Because I want to maximize the amount of air getting to that wood. I want to get it on fire, and I want to get it combusting, and I want to try to get some of that moisture I want to get the wood heated up to where some of that moisture is starting to render out of it. Once we get to that stage, that's usually about five minutes or so, something like that. Usually, you know, maybe even as much as 10. But once you get to that point that the, the flames are seeking air, like you'll literally see them like seeking, they'll, they'll try to creep out of the crack in the door. Then what you're going to do, you're going to close the cook chamber door first. You're going to, if you have an offset smoker, you're going to put your smokestack damper at 50%. That's half open. You're going to go over to your firebox door and shut the firebox door. And you're going to close down all of your air inlets to 25%. So if you've got two air inlets, I prefer to close one completely and close the other one down to 25%. So now we're going to get a minimal amount of air to that fire. The coal bed is, is fully engulfing the wood on fire by this point, and so we shouldn't have any trouble getting enough air. Now, what you're going to do is you're going to literally set a timer, and you're going to come back in about 20 minutes. And the important thing is, is we want to see, is our cook chamber temp coming up? If the answer is yes, you can continue. If no, then what you're going to want to do, like if it's still hanging at 100 degrees or less, then we know we've got one of two problems, not enough fuel, not enough air, or we're in too big a hurry. So, because <laughs> that does happen. So on a smaller pit, by then you should be running darn close to 200 degrees. So you're gonna wanna start opening up that air just a little bit. Don't open it a lot. Just move that damper like a quarter or a half an inch more air coming into the pit. I've seen as much as a quarter of an inch change my pit temp 10 degrees. And, and so if you, if you watch that damper setting on your pit, everyone's different. Just turn it just a little bit and then go, go get a cup of coffee or something, you know, and, uh, and chill out for a minute. And then come back at the 40-minute mark. We're going to do this in 20-minute increments, but we're going to make very, very small adjustments during this process. Go back, you know, come back out in about 40 minutes of cook time, and you're going to look at that temperature again and see where it's at. By now, if your fire is burning and you've been running about 200 degrees, 225, you're going to probably want to add another split pretty soon. If, you're, if you aren't getting up to 200 degrees in your pit, crack the door open and just kind of look and see what's happening inside there. Is the wood... Uh, starting to kind of become black? Is it fully engulfed when you open the door? You might have some kind of an air problem. So make sure that, that 
you you have a good coal bed left under the wood first. Make sure that uh, that you've got good airflow path coming from your air inlet to the bottom of that coal bed. If you don't, then you might need some kind of a modification to your firebox. And uh, what we're going to tell you to do there, you can go to smokerbuilder.com slash forums, and uh, you can post in our uh, our forums board. Just sign up, choose a member, whatever, and uh, you can post pictures and ask questions. Or you can go to our Facebook group, smokerbuilder.com forums group, and uh, you can go on there and do the same thing. But you're going to want to seek some kind of advice from, from some pit builders and help, help figure out what to do next. Now, if you were, if at the 40-minute mark, if your pit's running at about 200, 225, you know, 240, whatever temperature you picked out, you are, you are well on your way. Now you, now you kind of know what to do with your pit. The next stage is we're going to take another split of wood and set it right on top of the fire. I usually, on a smaller pit, only add one split every 45 minutes. On a medium-sized pit, I'll add two. And on a large pit, you know, we're going to be doing a whole lot more. Like on a large pit, you might have started with two charcoal chimneys, like a 250-gallon pit. Um, or like a 30 by, uh, you know, 60 or bigger. You might start with two chimneys of charcoal when you uh, do your coal bed. And then you might start with three uh, splits of wood. To put it in comparison, our pit Luan is a 1,000-gallon cooker. And, uh, you know, we start that pit with two chimneys of charcoal and four splits of wood, believe it or not. That's all it takes. And those are, you know, not fist size. Those are about twice the size. So we're putting basically a 16-inch log in there that's split in four pieces every time, every time we start it up. So anyway, the next stage is you're going to add that split, like we said. And when I throw a split... In the, in the firebox for the first time, you know, on the on the second round, but, you know, the, the first split I add, I'll open that door and I'll let it, I'll leave the firebox door open about four or five inches, and I'll let that wood completely engulf first, then I'll shut the pit, you know, usually about five minutes. You'll, you'll see, because you'll have a good coal bed by then, you'll have some flames, you know, when you open the door, um, you'll throw a split of wood on there and it'll start to go real good. Now, come back in 45 minutes, right? You got to trust your pit now. You're going to put that split on there, let the door open for five minutes, shut the door, go inside, chill out for a little bit, whatever you're doing, maybe go prep some more meat, and then uh, just come back out in 40, 45 minutes. That's about the right time. And you're going to look at your pit. You're going to make sure, you know, it's still holding 20, 225 or whatever you're cooking at. It should be within, you know, 5, 10 degrees. And, and you know, digital thermometers and all that, I don't recommend that you, that you geek out with a digital thermometer in this process. Use an analog thermometer on the door, something that, something that isn't going to, like, fluctuate a lot because if the the temperature fluctuations on like a digital thermometer we can sit there and obsess about where the pit's at truth be told you know there's a 10 degree tolerance 10 20 degree tolerance um in a pit whenever you're cooking it's it's you know not unless you're cooking for judges do you really need to worry about that so um anyway so you know keep that rhythm every 45 minutes or so Make minimal adjustments to your dampers 
And, uh, you know, on a reverse flow, we said earlier, I want to cover that one more time. On a reverse flow, we're going to keep our smokestack all the way open. We're never going to close it. We're going to use our air inlet dampers to control temperature. On a traditional offset, whether it's got tuning plates or not, we're going to use the smokestack damper typically about 50% because that's where our restriction is being uh, created is at the smokestack. And we're going to make minimal, minimal, minimal adjustments on the air inlets. You're going to try to, you, you might run them just a hair more open on an offset than you would on a reverse flow, but the smokestack damper is what's going to slow our air mass down. So once it's in the pit and we want to make sure that we have, you know, dwell, what's called dwell time inside the cook chamber with our air mass. So choke down the fire, the smokestack damper, you know, first and then shut your air inlets when you're trying to drop pit temp or increase pit temp. Open your air inlets first and then open your smokestack last. Um, so it's a reverse. It's kind of a reciprocal. Hey, this episode went a little bit long. Please give us a rating. You know, we're going to wrap it up here. Please, on whatever platform you're listening to, give our podcast a rating. Let us know that uh, you like us, you know, you hate us, <laughs> whatever. There's a spot on there where there's like little stars and stuff you can click. That'd be kind of cool, too. Um, and then, you know, I, I got a thing I want to show you here. If you go on your computer or your mobile device and type in the, your Google browser, whatever, ask thebbqculture.net. If you go to that page, it's going to give you a, a spot to answer a question. That's all it is. There's no gags. We're just, all we're trying to do is get you to answer a question. What is the biggest thing you struggle with when operating your pit? And, uh, you know, we want to know the answer to that because that's where we're sourcing content from. We want to know what you actually want to hear us talk about. So uh, anyway, Good talking to you, brothers. Peace out. Light a fire today. Make somebody happy. Give them some good food.